Hello and welcome to the next podcast from Digital Amrit. Today we will be talking about Declutter Your Mind by S.J. Scott and Barry Davenport. It came up in my Kindle feed and the premise was interesting. If negative thoughts cloud your mind or you find yourself reliving painful past incidents in an endless loop but would like to get a grip of what you think of or to stop those replays, then this book will be a great help. The book suggests that by practicing mindfulness it is possible to declutter your mind control the thoughts in our minds and live in the moment First of all why are thoughts so important Our minds are constantly thinking of something or the other Our thoughts give shape to our perception of reality These thoughts can be positive negative or neutral The negative ones may have a disruptive impact on us if we don't keep tab on them Despite currently having everything we need to have a happy life we st- we might still not be able to enjoy our lives if our mind is clouded with negative thoughts distractions such as food drugs work etc may be of help for the time being but the negative thoughts come back again and the vicious circle starts afresh so how do we solve this how to break this loop gain control over our mind and thoughts and how to appreciate what we currently have The book describes this as decluttering and this is explained from four perspectives decluttering our thoughts our life obligations our relationships and finally our surroundings The book devotes one section to each of these perspectives The first section of the book is on decluttering the thoughts How does our mind get cluttered with so many thoughts many of them of not much use to us Mental clutter can be caused when we are stressed about something It can be the result of having too many choices and not being able to decide which one to go with. Or it is the negativity bias that our minds are hardwired to react more intensely to negative thoughts than to positive ones. The objective of this section is to help reduce anxiety caused by overthinking. What can we do to reduce this kind of clutter? The section provides a few strategies that can help. Focus deep breathing meditation replacing negative thoughts with positive or constructive thoughts focus deep breathing as the name suggests is aimed at shifting our mind's focus to a breathing pattern this actually reminds me of one of my labor preparation classes when we asked to practice focus deep breathing while in labor in order to take our minds off the physical pain anyway back to decluttering the book recommends that we set aside about 5 to 10 minutes a day to practice this Focus deep breathing also sets the stage for the next step which is meditation. Regardless of your religious beliefs or disbeliefs, meditation is recommended to keep the mind free from thoughts, reduce overthinking and worrying. Accompanying side benefits include better focus and increased productivity. Like focus deep breathing, meditation also requires practice. It may also help to maintain a meditation diary to make note of our experiences and feelings during meditation. The book names a few apps for guided meditation. Or if you feel na meditation is not for me, an alternate way is suggested, which is to identify negative thoughts in a non-judgmental manner and to detach ourselves from those thoughts. This can help in virtually sending the negative thoughts away like to a bottomless pit interrupting the flow of negative thoughts with a little physical activity which is for example gently popping a rubber band which is worn around the wrist 
and keeping our mind engaged in something that needs focus and concentration. It could be as easy as going over multiplication tables in our minds. Other ways to deal with negative thoughts are to challenge the offending thought and replace it with something positive. We could accept the situation as it is and try to improve it to our liking. Or we could divert our attention into doing something constructive, draw something, make a craft activity for example. When nothing works and the thoughts do keep coming back, all we can do is set a timer for 5 to 10 minutes and once the time is up, stop worrying by distracting ourselves by doing something else. After decluttering thoughts, it's time to focus on our life obligation, which is the second section of the book. This part of the book explains on how to focus on what is important in life and how to prioritize those important things. The book lists down these as the seven main areas of life. One, career. Two, family. Three, marriage or similar partnership. Four, personal growth or self-improvement. Five, leisure. 6 is life management, financial planning, household tasks, etc. And 7, health and fitness. In a week's time, after taking away the time needed for personal hygiene and sleeping, how much would we spend on each of these 7 main areas of life is the question. A good way to do so is to identify our core values. But what are core values and why are they important? Core values are the guiding principles in our life. They play a vital role in our important choices or decisions in life, such as who do we want to be with, how would we like to spend our money, etc. The book also provides an extensive list of values to choose from. Some examples are accomplishment, freedom, balance, clarity, self-reliance, kindness, etc. We could choose our core values for both personal life and work life. Keeping these core values as the compass, we can set goals for ourselves and prioritize our activities to actually live these values out. The ideal time frame to achieve these goals is 3 months which is neither too long nor too short a period of time. Once the goals are set, it is time to break them down into weekly tasks and take action to achieve those goals. A review of the goals will help evaluate if that's what we really want and whether they align with our core values. Clearly, our job or work is one of our life obligations and we do spend a significant portion of our day at work. So, if we feel there is no passion or love towards our job or work, or if we want to live our passion, then this subsection comes in handy. It gives an elaborate 14-step plan on how to make a living out of our hobby or whatever it is that we love to do, right from clarifying the vision that we have to taking action to testing it and finally to stay motivated to keep at it. The next big decluttering is for relationship. This chapter explains why relationships are important and why unhappy relationships can lead to frustration and clutter our mind about arguments or our perception of what the other person thought or meant to say in the past incidents. As human beings, relationships are central to our well-being and unhealthy relationships pave way to mental clutter. So how do we foster healthy relationships with people who are important to us? Well, there are multiple ways of doing it by being a good listener when they talk to us, by being mindful when we talk to them, and by wishing them happiness and peace similar to meditation. 
Relationships can also be improved once we stop comparing ourselves with others. This happens when we accept ourselves, appreciate what we have and change what we can by keeping in mind our core values. Relationships suffer when we replay past incidents. The way out of the past is to move forward from the past. Every time we think of the painful memories, it makes us feel miserable in the present. With every replay, what sticks more and more in our mind is our version or our perspective of what happened, making it increasingly difficult to look at the incident from the other person's point of view. So, how can we break free of these replay sessions? The answer is twofold. One is to look at the incident from another angle and two is to offer forgiveness. To look at the story from the other person's perspective is to challenge our own version of it and view it in a more objective manner. By doing so, it may turn out to have a much less negative impact on us. There might also be a valuable thing or two to learn once we look at the incident from the other person's angle. Offering forgiveness to someone who we feel has caused this pain can be hard, more so if that person never apologized. Regardless, we could offer forgiveness in our mind to the other person. We could also forgive ourselves if we feel responsible for the past, at least partially. Forgiveness helps in making peace with the past and hence easier to move forward to the present. And obviously, there is a portion which focuses exclusively on relationship with a spouse or partner. For a happy and healthy relationship with a spouse or partner, it takes a commitment to be emotionally present in conversations. We could try to improve our relationship with this commitment, whether or not the spouse or partner reciprocates such a commitment. Listening to him or her without being defensive, not to throw tantrums or not involved in passive-aggressive behavior go in a long way in establishing the relationship. Trouble with spouse having significant consequences such as separation are dealt with in a detailed fashion. The book also gives links to other materials such as blog posts of the authors, other articles and books which help understand the toxicity in relationships and how to identify them. The last part of decluttering relationships is to let go of certain people. These people may have caused or may still cause pain and agony. They stand between us and our happiness. Letting go does not mean cutting all ties. But it could mean redrawing the boundaries in the relationships with an ex-partner, for example, or cutting back on the frequency of the visits or interactions. Letting go can be trickier in case of a close family member like our parents or siblings or grown kids or even in-laws. It would also mean that we need to deal with the consequences of how they react to this change, how others, parents for example if you are reducing interactions with the siblings, react to it and the guilt we may feel after saying goodbye. After the initial period of guilt and grief, letting go of toxic relationships would make us much less anxious. The final decluttering, the fourth part, is about our surroundings. How our physical environment affects our mental well-being. We could look at simplification of our homes, digital devices, our activities and our distractions. But why should we simplify our home? Our mind feels calmer and relaxed in a place with minimal furniture and decor than in a place which is packed to capacity. And decluttering does not mean to throw most of the things away to follow the minimalistic approach. We could examine our possessions and choose to handle them in different ways. Some may be given away for charity, 
we could sell some and what is not of immediate use can be stored for the future digital devices take up a lot of our time the time we spend on tvs laptops or tablets and phones mindless zapping between channels or scrolling up and down with no purpose but to kill time can be cut back and instead be put to use to do something else working out playing a sport singing etc when it comes to activities why pack the day with back to back meetings or workshops and classes it is not necessary to be busy all the time a careful look at our daily schedule of activities can help in filtering out the important ones and cancel or reschedule the less important ones the same applies for kids activities too sports music art workshops play dates and the list is endless cut backs on these extra activities and make time for being free when it comes to distractions they not only help in procrastination but also cause loss of focus or momentum at work and other obligations if we put all the time wasted by distractions it could come to a whopping number of hours or days which could be actually put to use in pursuit of our hobbies also when it comes to actions why are we always in a hurry to finish one and then the other instead we could be mindful of what we are doing it could be as simple as eating our meal or running on a treadmill being mindful makes us aware of ourselves and our surroundings we would look at these activities as enjoyment or as a privilege rather than as a task let's take exercise for example it makes us healthier and fitter but do we look at it as wow it's time to hit the gym and get healthy or ah is it gym time again living in the present means to enjoy whatever we are doing at the moment the book concludes with the gist of all ideas covered in various chapters and reiterates that with practice it is possible to control your thoughts and declutter your mind this book is strongly recommended for anyone who is unhappy or annoyed or not cheerful without knowing why it is for people who seem to have everything they need to be happy but they are not the book lists on patterns or symptoms which are addressed in the book it is not that this book can change our mindset overnight or we become cheerful and happy once we have finished the book as the book suggests with practice it would become easier for us to identify the trigger of negative thoughts and control our thoughts rather than the thoughts controlling our minds thanks for listening to this episode we welcome your comments and feedback until next time bye